and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast for Thursday, July 20th, 2017, otherwise known as Ugly Truck Day. It's a guy thing. That's the whole name. I wasn't adding on that. It's a guy thing. <laughs> yeah, I've had an ugly truck. I know, Ben, you have a Prius, right? <laughs> uh, and an Acura yeah, now. It, yeah, it's my sister's car. Uh, we sort of use it sometimes. And uh, the deal with the Acura just ended, so they took it back. But oh, no. I think, I, might, uh, I, think, I think we're going to do something else with them soon. Okay, so do you have a truck for yourself? Nope. I use Just Zipcar, a- uh, which, uh, so, like, I'm literally 100 feet, or actually 100 feet from a subway station. Okay, so, so and you guys have like, a good I'm public in the city, so it's like, yeah. So it, like, takes me, and in Boston, like, traffic's so bad now that driving anywhere is pretty much a disaster, so, uh, yeah, it, it, if, I, if I'm going to my office in downtown Boston, it takes me like 10 minutes. Nice. But I was thinking about getting a little beater, you know, uh, beat up truck to, to just haul stuff around. But Yeah, they're um, nice to have. I didn't have yeah. a truck until like I got one about a year ago just because I was so sick of like every time I wanted to use plywood, I had to go get it and I had to like really like plan things out or you know get things cut to fit it in my car and i was like i'm just gonna get a truck that way i can just go get like five sheets at a time and just throw them in the back of the garage and not have to worry about it yeah for the first like two years of making things i was driving a nissan maxima that is not great for hauling lumber (laughs) (laughs) but it can fit like eight foot boards because the seats lay down and you can send it through the like center yeah through the window but yeah, then then after a while I bought a truck for like two thousand bucks. It was a beater truck. Uh-huh. And I used that for a few months, but then I have gotten a new truck since then. And nice. uh it's a lot nicer, yeah. It's natural gas, which is kinda cool for the environment, you know. Really? Yeah, yeah. Going green. Compressed natural gas. <laughs> but it was really cool a while back because natural gas costs like seventy cents a gallon equivalent to gas. Uh-huh. And so it was like I was driving a truck but getting like 35 40 miles a gallon but now it's i don't know it's a it's about like a buck 50 a buck 60 so now i mean it's still like it's still beneficial you know in terms of money i saved some money but not as much as i was but yeah trucks are good trucks are nice all right well that's all for truck talk this week (laughs) 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 anyway i'm chris salamone from forest furniture with me as most of the time ben ueda from homemade modern hello and with me Almost all of the time, Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. You want me to talk about what I'm working on first? Yeah, what are you working on this week? All right. Well, I put out the uh, video on the that first coffee table that I, you know, remaking the coffee table that I had originally built and designed in the class. Yeah. Uh, so far, that's going well. Um, Can I ask you a question about that one? Go for it. Why... Did did you make your you made your own uh what are those called festool domino things yeah you made your own dominoes uh huh is there a reason for that yeah or do you a, just do that well because the regular ones are made out of like beach or something like that and so they're gonna oh. they were gonna be visible so I didn't yep. the ones that the ones that are interior like that are joining the stretcher to the legs those ones I did not make on my own those are just mm-hmm. regular festool dominoes that I just altered by cutting the forty five off um, right so that they would fit. Then the ones that I made on my own are the ones that attach the tabletop to the base. And so those are partially visible. So I want them to be out of cherry also. And then the other thing is on the Festool, there's a setting that changes how wide it cuts. Like it'll, so you can make like looser than what, than the width of a regular domino. So I wanted it to be a little bit bigger. So I set it to the biggest width and then made dominoes that were that size. So a regular one also wouldn't even Mm. fit technically. Um, Got you. But yeah, mostly for, like, if if they had made cherry ones that were the normal size, I probably would have just left it the normal size and used cherry right. ones. But since I was already going to have to make my own no matter what, I figured, well, I might as well make them a little bigger. For sure. Um, yeah, it came out really cool. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with the way that it came out. Uh, I've had a couple people offer to buy it off me already. but Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'll probably keep it at least for a little while. Um, okay. It's funny. Actually, in the comments... I was thinking about this. Like, these were not like mean comments, but I think the etiquette should be like, what would you say to somebody in real life? So I'm like imagining having these conversations in real life. One of the mm-hmm. top comments that has a bunch of replies is people who like the table, like, oh, that's a really cool design. Kind of reminds me of Ishitani. You guys know that channel, Ishitani? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and But it's like, 
but this guy's no Ishitani. Like, they're basically saying cool design, but you're no Ishitani. <laughs> so I'm imagining, like, somebody coming up to me and be like, oh, hey, man, I really like your work. You're no Ishitani, of course, but, but you're pretty But good. it was good. But it was good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny That's to, like, fun. imagine those kind of things in real life. But mm-hmm. other than that, um, I also I finished up the, um, the plywood dining table, put the top on it, and, like, I was having not d- – not doubts about the way that it looked, but I was like, oh man, I really wish it was like a longer table. It didn't have that like low, long kind of look that I like. But once I put the top on it, it like really all came together and I was, it, it looked better than I was picturing it looking in my head. So that was a nice, pleasant surprise. Um, yeah. And actually this kind of goes in with our conversation that we had last week about, you know, when to make and when to buy. So I decided since this a dining table I feel like needs a better finish than what I'm used to doing. And so it's going to my parents and I was like, Hey, you guys want to have it professionally finished? So I found a place and said, let's just pay them to have them do it. They were cool with paying for it. Yeah. Cause I, to do a good finish like that, I would want to do on it. It would take multiple days to like really get it on there. And I was like, let's just pay somebody to do it. Then that way I can move on. You're still getting Mm. a table for cheap. It'll have a better finish than I would be capable of putting right. on on my own. So. And it also doesn't occupy up your shop for exactly. days right. while you're waiting it, for it. Yeah, because a project yeah. that big pretty much takes up all your space. Yeah, that was one of the big things. It was like, okay, this is going to be another week of not being able to work on anything else, not being able to park in my garage. And I was like, let's let's, Smart let's move. pay for it. Now's the time yeah. to pay for it. Smart move. What are you like guys it. working on? Ben? Uh, well, I'm working on healing my foot. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was going to escalate. Yeah, yeah, so uh, remember the last episode when me and Mike were joking around about things we could cut with the power shears? Well, this wasn't Flesh. intentional. But, so, uh, it was funny. I, I had some friends over. We were, like, playing around with the power shears, cutting different stuff, laughing. Um, and, you know, then everyone went home. And, you know, I, I'm in a pretty good-sized loft and I left the shears on, you know, a big open part of the floor. Not yep. a big deal. I've, I've done that before. Um, you know, they're just this, you know, an 18 volt kind of power shear uh, tool. And uh, middle of the night, the fire alarm went off downstairs oh, in my building. Um, oh. And it's no fire or anything. It was just uh, the fire alarms connected to the phone line. So sometimes when there's problems with the phone lines, it goes off and I just have to go down, hit a button. So I get up and I'm all groggy because like you know it's like probably like four or five in the morning. It's like still dark outside. It's like four o'clock, and I'm sort of and I trip over uh, something and then kicked the power shears uh, with my left foot, and I sort of like it didn't hurt like super bad at first, uh, but I just could feel like the blood, like yeah, it was like warm rush of blood. I'm just like ah, oh, <laughs> crap. So. And then I still have to go downstairs and turn off the alarm with, like, limping. <laughs> and I, I swear, it looked like a horror movie. There was, like, blood all up and down the stairs. Because I was still oh, kind God. of sleeping. And I just, like, went for it. So then I'm, like, as I'm going back up the stairs after I hit the button, I see all the blood. And then I'm, like, oh, wait. This is, like, starting to wake up. I'm, like, this is really bad. <laughs> yeah. um, there shouldn't be blood on every footstep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, like, took my shirt off and, like, wrapped it around my foot. And I'm, like, holding, trying to compress it. Or, you know the, the the wound and hop on one leg upstairs like <laughs> yeah. half asleep uh, not my finest moment but you know uh, so I get up to the top of the stairs and I'm looking around like right in my mudroom I'm like okay I gotta you know I gotta stop the bleeding and I look at it and it's just like it's it's huge it's like and it's like kind of flapping because it's cut so deep Ugh. yeah um, and I'm like okay so it, did, it looked like pretty clean though I didn't feel like I could still feel like I could wiggle my toes and feel my toes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got some duct tape and like a towel from the bathroom. And MacGyver. I just like, yeah, I just like, you know, I, I looked away which way the cut was going, kind of squeezed it together to close it and then wrapped the towel around it. Uh, I didn't want to just push down on it. I want the cut to sort of be like aligned. A yeah. Um, and then I just duct taped around it really tight and then like, put my foot up in the air and then I was trying to think, okay, like what do I do? <laughs> so it's like, it's like four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, if I go to the emergency room now, like, I feel like I'm just going to be waiting there forever. And I was like tired and like, it didn't hurt that bad. Uh, and it like, I felt like I had 
st- uh, stop the bleeding um, and low-key a little hungover. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I just say, all right, I'm just going to go back to sleep. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to bleed to death. All this uh, blood loss is making me lightheaded anyways. I'll yeah. go to sleep so we'll easy. Lay down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> took took a nap on the sofa with like one foot up in the air. Um, slept till like, woke up at like six uh, and then like went to uh, pro tip. Uh, in these situations, uh, I've been, it's been recommended to me to go to urgent care, not to emergency room. Mm. Um, apparently it's a different... And you don't really like call in to schedule it. So I went into the urgent care. It was it was much less chaotic than uh, the emergency room, and it wasn't life threatening. So I didn't need to go to the emergency room. Yeah. So I went to the urgent care here in Boston. Uh, shout out to Boston Medical. Um, really pleasant experience. Um, you know, get, get in, get checked in. Uh, oh, this time I had switched to a gauze pad and like an ace bandage. Ooh, um, stepping up your game yeah so it's a little more <laughs> more clean and streamlined um uh so ha- had it sort of all in control um go go to the emergency room now the the doctor sort of you know is examining it and you know they're sort of cleaning it up uh all good they're like hey you want to do you want to see your tendons and oh. so they like opened up the cut, and I, if I wiggled my toe, I could see the tendons moving, like like wow. rippling. Oh wow! It, it was it, if it was like on my arm or in like my side, I think I would have freaked out like a little bit, like or just not wanted to look at it, you know? Yeah. Because it's that, that sort of like that sense that your damage can be kind of disturbing. Um, yeah, like but it's like your foot is like almost like disconnected enough from you yeah. enough where <laughs> I could be like kind of objective about it and look like oh, there's my foot, there's my tendons. Um, also, it you know, so it was more. It didn't hurt so bad. It was more like it was just kind of like antsy or squeamish, just seeing you know, a, a big your cut tendons. where you can actually see inside <laughs> yourself. Um, yeah. So it was all made of concrete, just in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> um, no, so uh, the the only part that really hurt was when they gave me the lidocaine shots because um, that just stings. It's not like it's not like horrible burning pain it's just like this like sting for a second while they they inject you with the lidocaine um so they got like five uh lidocaine shots all around the the cut the cut's about two to three inches long um and then that numbed it up and they sewed it right up uh and it was it was fun watching them kind of sew it uh they you know they first used like a thinner kind of thread and it kept breaking um because like the the foot didn't want to come back together the the cut uh, so they had to switch to like a heavier thread and I was just sort of chatting them up and, 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 and learning funny. all about it. Yeah. Then they gave me this really like lame looking shoe that would make Crocs look good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and are like, uh, you know, so I still have the stitches in how many, uh, seven. Um, so I'm supposed to wait 10 days before I remove them. Uh, but I have to go to like a conference on, on Wednesday and, or the day before this uh, this podcast airs, mm-hmm. and I can't really wear shoes with the stitches in because like I actually like the threads so thick oh, that it's like yeah. I feel like I'm getting stabbed with the ends of the threads because like uh, pushing the thread back into me like like almost oof. like a thick whisker. Um, <laughs> so uh, gonna get a I think I'm gonna you know try to get them removed a little bit early. Um, I was contemplating doing it myself, but I feel like just super glue it closed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so very lucky. And in all seriousness, you know, it's a great lesson. Don't leave sharp things <laughs> lying around. around. Your loft. It was like one of those things too, where I think I underestimated this tool because the, there's only an inch long blade on about like a, you know, 14 inch long tool. That's true. Yeah. So it doesn't, it, you don't think of it as this, like, whereas if it's like the machete, I would never leave a machete on the floor. Right. Like <laughs> even though the machete's not nearly as sharp, um, so this thing's like it's like a, one of those paper cutters, you know, those big shearing paper cutters. It's like that kind of blade, like a really thick but sharp blade. Yep. Um, so it's just a great, it's just a great reminder. Don't leave anything sharp on the floor, even if you're because the injury might not happen while you're using the tool. It might happen sort of, you know, it's sort of a trickle down effect later on, which is which is what happened. So very lucky there's no bone or you know tendon damage. Um, so I don't need any kind of surgery. And just a flesh wound, and uh, you know a lot of blood to clean up. Yeah, um, nice. So, 
Will the ugly Crocs make a, a cameo in any of your videos coming up? Uh, I did some barefoot okay. <laughs> projects. <laughs> so it slowed down my productivity uh, a lot. Oh, I believe it, yeah. Because uh, I couldn't do anything outside, and you know, I, I really couldn't you know, really get around too well. Um, so I did pour like a concrete uh, project um, in my sort of loft, so uh, I may or may not have been somewhat barefoot in, in that. Uh, you know, today was the first day I was c- could kind of put on like some oversized sh- uh, work boots um, because I was experimenting melting some metal and pouring it into the cracks of wood. So nice. Ever since I did that big reclaimed pine bench, um, I've been wanting to sort of figure out a way to pour molten metal into the big cracks in the large, you know, large pieces of reclaimed wood. So I did a little research online. I found a company called Purity Alloys, no sponsor, um, and they make some low melt alloys. And now I wanted to find the ones that were lead free. So I got this alloy called Serotrue. And it's a mix of bismuth, or I don't know if I'm saying that right, and tin. Now I don't know, like I know there's no lead in it, but I don't know if the, if you know necessarily that doesn't mean that those things are, are any better. So I, I still right. need to do a little research on that. But I still just wanted to test it out and see like how much it would burn to wood when I pour this sort of you know low melt uh, alloy into it. So the the metal melts at about 270, 280 degrees Fahrenheit. So not oh, wow. not that hot. So I just got this like little melt electric melting pot, melted it up. It melted really fast, and uh, I poured it into the cracks. Now it was much thinner than I thought. I thought it was going to be more like hot lava, uh-huh. um, but it was like it was like a very you know thin liquid. Huh. So it kind of like poured right through some of the, some of them. Oh okay. <laughs> oh, like it actually like absorbs right. into. And the And then wood. when it started to cool and coagulate. When I poured a second layer on it, that second layer melted the first layer, and it all went all the oh. way through. <laughs> so, to all the listeners out there, if anyone knows of like a good clay or some sort of like you know gum or putty, something that I could, yeah. something it up right, something that won't catch on fire, something that's somewhat heat resistant, preferably up to like you know four or five hundred degrees, you know, so it can stand a little extra heat. So I could sort of push this gum or putty or caulking into the the cracks, and then that would sort of dam up. So one, I won't use as much of the alloy because it's not it's not the cheapest thing. Um, but that way, I could sort of dam it up and then pour that the alloy on top and get it nice uh, and clean. The other thing that I wasn't sure about is how will it sand? Right? Will it will it when I you know hit it with a mechanical sander? Will it knock the little you know? the little uh, uh, molten metal plugs out or will it grind the metal dust into the surface of the wood to the point where it discolored it mm. so i hit it with the belt sander and it actually it came out pretty good i posted a picture on the the modern maker podcast uh, instagram which you should all be subscribed to or following <laughs> sorry ron lingo um <laughs> and uh it, it looks really cool and i think with like you know n- you know the next step of the test will be to see how clear coat kind of finishes go over it um, but if I can get a good, you know, thick clear coat over it, uh, you know, I, I, then I have like a really nice way to do these like kind of silvery, these light silver streaks into the cracks of the wood. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, about that look. So uh, this is just a lot of testing to try to do a big desk, which will be out of a slab of, uh, of that reclaimed pine with silver streaks in it. I know nothing about this stuff, but just a thought, maybe you could try like just melt a little bit and then just set it off to the side and kind of play with it as it cools. Does it get into like kind of a pasty state as it goes back to solid? Yeah. So the, the, I experimented with pouring it, right? And you want to pour it when it's hot because then you can pour it precisely in a thin stream. Okay. Once it starts to cool and bead, it like almost, it almost moves like a molten marble. Like okay. it moves as a whole drop and it doesn't really want to go in. It just sits on the surface okay. and then part of it goes in. So you need to um, find a way where you can pour it where it's still a liquid. Right. So it's like, you know, it's been a long time since I've taken like a, you know, a physics sort of thermal dynamics or uh, let alone fluid uh, uh, modeling stuff. But uh, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun experiment. I think it'll, it'll, it'll be an awesome piece of video content when I, when I finally uh, get it done 
And uh, yeah, it was just fun experimenting with you know new techniques. I mean, I think that's one of the things I enjoy the most is when uh, I mean I like designing things, but when I, anytime I get to sort of play around with like a new tool or a new material and sort of figure out you know how could I apply this to some sort of making technique, that's always kind of fun for me. Um, Mike. What are you yeah. working on? Okay, so first off, my dentist was very intrigued by your <laughs> cut foot. Uh, whenever you texted us the picture of it before you got it stitched up, I was at my dentist's office and I showed it to him. He's like, oh, wow, <laughs> that's awesome. And he guessed the exact number of stitches. He guessed, it, he's like, man, that's crazy. I said, how many stitches do you think that'll be? He said, I bet it'll be like six or seven. And he was right. So good on him. <laughs> yeah, shout out. <laughs> shout out to Mike's dentist. Oh, Wait, Mike, no, are you a little all. bit squeamish with that kind of stuff? Like seeing cuts? No. Uh, pretty, <laughs> uh-uh. I think it's pretty cool. But um, uh. but yeah, so last week I talked about trying to make this uh, this like coffee table by bending the metal oh, yeah. legs. And it was just a situation oh, yeah, where yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's funny. We talked about it on the podcast about like not really being equipped for a certain task or job. And I think that was, I think that's what it was. I just kind of struggled <laughs> getting it to bend and then trying to get it to bend and keep everything symmetrical throughout the piece, it, it just—I don't know. After a, after a day of messing with it, it just really wasn't coming out the way I wanted to. So I decided to scrap that idea, and instead, uh, I'm currently working on kind of a footstool or, or or a stool that you can sit on either way. And it's a it's a pretty cool thing, and I'm experimenting with materials where the piece that is like the inspiration piece or whatever, because it's a. Uh, a video that I'm doing with Ancestry DNA, it's a it's a really cool seat, but it's just got webbing. It has no cushion. It's all it's all webbing, and the look is really cool. But instead of doing that, I've decided to do the same basic frame construction, or at least actually not the same construction, but the same kind of look. And instead of doing whatever that stuff is called, I am using paracord to like weave a seat. So kind of experimenting messing with that that's what i've been messing with before i started or before we started recording the podcast and it's it's taking a long time trying to feed this paracord through the seat i've got this like 250 foot long piece of paracord that i'm weaving through um the beginning is very tedious because i got so much extra string that i'm that i'm pulling through yeah exactly. yeah all that so, extra i don't length. know hopefully it'll kind of speed up as i get further into it but it's coming along it's looking really cool the the material combination is neat the color combo is cool so look forward to that video hopefully hopefully by the time this podcast is out uh aside from that waiting for the mirror still i called them today and they said it should be done tomorrow, but I also called them on Friday, and it said it w- they said it would be done today. So, I don't know. Fingers crossed that you know by the end of this year I get this mirror done. What and if it's because the they've out. messed up on it like three I times? <laughs> it's just like a cursed mirror. I know this mirror is nobody t- can create this mirror. Exactly, it's <laughs> not to be. I don't even know. But anyway, not to be so, something. Yeah. Not too much going on in my world. Um, gearing up for a nice little merch launch soon. I got a hat, two shirt designs, coffee mug, and sticker pack. That'll be out uh, next week at some point. I haven't really decided. Just in time for back to school. You can send, you yeah, send your exactly. kids back to school in all modern <laughs> <Yeah>. builds gear. <laughs> yeah, because I'm kind of just going to do a nice little video where I lump together uh, the new shop. Because uh, basically all I have in there right now is just the the kind of side work table and then the workbench and then aside from that it's pretty much a blank slate so i really want to open it up to my viewers uh for people that are obviously more experienced with setting up shops who sit who may have some cool organization ideas some cool tool wall ideas whatever it is um i guess actually i could just kind of talk about it right now on the podcast too if anyone has any cool like shop organization like I mentioned, whether it's a tool wall, whatever it is, um, I would love to hear about it because I'm going to start doing that here in the next couple weeks, and I have a blank slate. So if you've got any neat ideas, hit me up on Instagram, email me, whatever, and I would love to hear about what works for you, and especially if you've ever tried something and then ended up hating it, whether it's whatever it is, just let me know. Um, Maybe I can avoid the same mistake. So yeah, that's about it. Not too much going on, just kind of same old, same old, really. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> we, yeah, we yeah. Uh, received quite a few questions after last week. 
Oh, so, yeah. Can I say real quick? Say it. Shout out to everybody that gave us a, re- a review for a sticker and everybody that left a question in those reviews. It's given us a lot of material to work with. And if you want a sticker, quick rules, review the podcast, screenshot it, email modernmakerpodcast at gmail.com with a screenshot of that review and your shipping info, and I'll send you a sticker. That's it. Nice. All right. With that said, let's uh, hop into some of those questions. Let's do it. All right. I might, I might struggle on some of these. Some of them are kind of long, and this is my first time reading them aloud, and I'm okay. a bad reader. All right, so here we go. <laughs> hey, guys. My name is Jake. I live outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Started woodworking about a year ago, and I'm loving the podcast. I also started a landscaping business two years ago, and I'm not very organized. My main question to you guys as business owners is how do you organize your schedule? Do you use apps, pen and paper, whiteboard, etc.? I use Google calendars. Uh, that's about it. That's like as far as my organization goes. I do that and then I have like about a million reminders in my phone. Anytime yeah. I ha- like as soon as I learn I have like an obligation, I just set a reminder in my phone for like the day before. Yeah, do you guys find a heavy need for organization in what you're doing? Or you think not, not simple insanely. does it? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the most part, granted, I could see this, you know, the more I have going on, the more it's kind of confusing and like a lot going on. But but right now I keep track of most things just with a like a Google calendar in terms of like when I have sponsors for what weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have a big long list of like project ideas. That's That's a good thing. Like have a sketchbook. Like if you are making things, have a sketchbook or have something where you can organize your project ideas that way you're not losing them or not forgetting them and then aside from that yeah yeah, yeah. just i love i love having reminders on my phone yeah I, I find that i don't have that big of a need for organize organizing i think actually the biggest organizing thing that i've had to undertake so far with the business was that i started doing t-shirts also for my patreon members and yeah. so i had to basically just like create an excel file that had all of their addresses and so that I could mark down what size each person needed. And mm-hmm. it's funny because so then I started doing that, getting all the information. And then like two weeks after I started doing that, they did an update to Patreon where now you can actually put in notes for each person. So oh. now I could, if they would have done that before, I could have just gone and been, been <laughs> like, oh, this person's a large or whatever. Yeah. And it would have all been built in. So going forward now, that'll make that easier. But yeah, I don't have that many things. I mean, with like the actual projects themselves, because everything I design happens to be in SketchUp first. And I always, before I build anything, I build a detailed model. So like any information that I could need about the pieces is pretty much in there in terms of like dimensions and the way that I'm going to construct things. And then for like actual tasks that I need to take care of, they're, they're not, they're, they're big, they're big tasks that are few. So that's, not much of a challenge from an organizational standpoint. Right. For me, I sort of think of it in three different ways. The, the I think of sort of time management. Uh, th- that's, I think I'm pretty good at. But for me, time management isn't having the super detailed calendar. It's sort of knowing the priorities of what's most important to me and spending the most time on the most important things and yeah. the least time on, on the things that aren't, right? So for, so for me, time management isn't that big of a challenge uh, as long as I'm pushing the most important things, the highest revenue things up to the front of the line. Now, organization is something where I'm, where I struggle with a little bit more. And I think there's both the physical part of organization and the process part of organization. So I need to implement more protocols, right? Like, so every time I go to pick up supplies or pick up a package of new materials that just arrived for me, I should be scanning the receipts, yeah. updating QuickBooks or you know whatever software I'm using and doing that. Th- that's the type of organization that I probably need to be to do a little bit more of. The other type of organization that comes into play is when you're working with other people. So now that I have, you know, sort of uh, employees, uh, the more organized I am, meaning that I'm explicit with it, them about what I want them to accomplish and also they can find the same things on the shared computers or find the same tools in the shared workshops. Uh, if I'm disorganized there, it minimizes their productivity and sort of costs me. Um, so as I'm sort of scaling and adding you know, more team members, uh, organization and communication are going to be more important than when it was just me sort of running around 
you know, barefoot, cutting my feet <laughs> open. And cause I always kind of know where everything is, you right. know? Um, so, but that's, that's the sort of difference that can be efficient, you know, in a shop because I, I, you know, argue this all the time with my friends that are a little bit more anal retentive than me is that, you know, they'll say like, Oh, you should be more organized. And then I'll watch and they spend like an hour and a half at the end of every day organizing. And it's like, where I'm just like, once I get locked into a project, I'm just like, screw it. I'm going for it. You know, <laughs> I don't care if I make a mess, catch everything on fire. I, I'm going to finish that and just keep going guns blazing until it's done. Yeah. And like, I'll just use stuff up, throw things away and be a little bit wasteful. But back to time management, it's because I know that finishing that thing is the most important thing where it's like wasting, you know, five to ten dollars of material less so than, you know, finishing that a day early and, and so on. Right. Um, the other thing that I think is really important is realizing that, and I've probably talked about this before because it's, it's one of my most common tips, is to-do lists are the minimum. But I think to-do lists uh, are also problematic. Really? Because... Uh, or a single column to-do list. I like differentiated to-do lists. So all my to-do lists have multiple columns, right? And they'll have columns or, uh, and, you know, I was just talking to Jamie, my new employee, and she's created her to-do list for all the projects she needs to work on. And, and you know, so we had her separate out the columns that are sort of digital fabrication heavy. She's going to be doing a lot of sort of 3D modeling for me. So we want to separate those versus these days. On rainy days, this is what you're doing, right? <laughs> if yeah. you know, if, if materials late, you know, and we're waiting for a delivery, this is what you work on, right? So I like to even go a little bit step farther, and I have different to do lists for sort of different uh, mental states that I'm in. I have to do lists for when I feel really alert. So if I if I you know get up, feel great, had a good night's sleep, had my coffee, I do not want to spend my morning sanding. Right. Like those, those few mornings where I get where I feel like, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed and super sharp. I want to be creating new designs. So I might start with like five minutes of Pinterest and then, you know, work in my sketchbook or actually look at my to do list that has all the design problems that I haven't figured out for future projects. So if I had a single column to do list, it was just about overall what I want to do. And then maybe the next step in that day was sanding. I don't want to waste that good sort of mental acuity on something as menial as sanding. Yeah. Um, so I have like a busy work kind of to do list. I have like a rainy day, sort of like if the weather's crappy and I can't work outside uh, to do list. So I have these multiple columns so that anything happens, I know how to immediately shift and not waste time. Right. Um, so I think that's uh, you know the the one sort of tip or sort of concrete tip that I, w- I would I would offer because I, I found that when I used to just do a single column to do list I would get stuck sometimes around one and I but I wanted to finish it and it's like oh wait I have to wait for this and then I'm rearranging it so now I just have these like multiple columns and uh, I find that it sort of clears up my brain and I know that no matter what the circumstances that are sort of thrown at me I'll find some sort of way to be productive. Um, so when you're making these to-do lists, or I guess whenever, do you like start at one and work your way down or you just kind of like hop around and do whatever? No, I normally start, I, ha- I have the one, you know, I, I try to like the, the last thing I do um, uh, every night, you know, the last sort of productive thing is uh-huh. uh, make a, a, a to-do list or sort of a game plan for the next morning, sort of a script, okay. right? It's like kind of like in football, how they'll script like the first drive, yeah, um, kind of like that, Um I, I try to do that, but then if I, you know, if if uh, I do feel like exceptionally sort of bright that day, then then I'll sort of shelve everything and work on new designs because gotcha. that's that's the most important thing mm-hmm. is coming up with new ideas that are that are interesting uh, uh, and will sort of capture my my curiosity and make me motivated to to take them all the way. Yeah, because normally I think it's funny. Um, I'm able to sort of just keep a mental kind of to-do list. And I think that works pretty well for me the majority of the time. But whenever things seem to get like really stressful or really busy, like if I have a lot that I got to get done in a particular week or a couple of days, I always take the time and make a to-do list. And it's kind of funny the the trade-off. It takes like 15 minutes to make a good to-do list for the next day or two. But I always seem like I'm always so much more productive when I'm able to like check things off. It's always like it just gives you that momentum to do the next thing and just like keep that pace throughout the whole day. Um, it's something I, sh- I feel like I should do that more. I should make more. I should make more to do lists. Yeah, I was gonna say I think that 
if you are an unorganized person and, and you feel like you need help with it, I would worry less about finding the best system and just start using a system. Right. Because I think it's one of those things that if you just force yourself, if you just do something, it'll just make you think about it. So an analogy would be like when you were in school, if, uh, if your teacher let you use like a cheat sheet for a test where like, okay, you get a half a page, page of paper to write down your notes. You would write down all those notes on it. Like I would find in my experience that then I wouldn't even need to refer to that because it was by going through and making my cheat sheet. It's like I stuffed all that information into my head. Right. So it's kind of that one of those things of just like do something and then that'll just like put it on the tip of your mind and, and you'll probably just be a more organized person yeah. out of just, I don't know, effort. Yeah, and just like right. having a full awareness of everything that you actually do need to do, not just like, oh God, I got so much to do. It's just like, I know this is what I have to do specifically. So yeah. 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 Well, one last thing to sort of address this question that I think is also a little bit of a, of a, of a I don't know if it's a, if it's a misbelief that a lot of people have, but I think one of the advantages of small business is that they can, they can thrive with a lack of organizations that big businesses can't. Right. So I think it's good to be organized, but it doesn't mean that, uh, organization off of a, you know, a one man business is, or a one person business is going to necessarily be an advantage. Whereas I think it can actually be a disadvantage. So when, you know, I, I work with a lot of large brands. And for example, to get anything approved, they have to have meetings and all this stuff, which pushes things weeks and weeks. I don't need to do that. I can go really fast, right? So the formalizing a process is something that becomes increasingly necessary as a business has more people. Uh, so one of the advantages of being a one-person one show is that you can kind of just run and gun, uh, and you can sometimes outproduce them. Uh, you know, I, w- I was in a meeting and uh, I was actually talking about you, you Mike, and uh, the person's like, how, you know, how's this guy with no formal video training producing all these videos so fast? And I was, it was talking to a, a pretty big media company, yeah. and they're like, how do, how do you guys sort of produce this much? And it's precisely because we're less organized right. yeah. in some ways than them, yeah, because they would approach it uh, from an organizational standpoint. They're like, okay, so we need someone to write the videos, we need someone to set up the videos we need someone to come with the creative concepts we need a sound guy we need a video guy we need on-air talent we need a director right Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) right and then all those people (laughs) need to meet together and talk about ideas and kind of pretend they like each other's ideas but kind of know the other one sucks and And then even after the content gets done it's got to go through how many layers of approval or revisions it's just like with us once the edit's done and we like it it's it's good you know what i mean right yeah so we should all start putting uh like credits at the end of our videos that are just our name over and over and over rolling up the screen yeah right adding layers of organization won't necessarily get you any farther what you want to do is like optimize for productivity relative to the things that are most important to your bottom line yeah um and sometimes that's less meetings less organization and just going for the things that are going to make you the the biggest gains mm-hmm. awesome good tips good moving tips. on yeah i'm going to start doing some more to-do lists All right. That, put that on your to-do I'm going to do that. Do more That's to-do what lists. I'll do. I'll do one uh, every night uh, at the end of the day. I'll make a to-do list for the next day, and we'll check back next week and see how it goes. You can put in a little post-it on that fancy mirror of yours. As soon as I get it. <laughs> as, soon as, get, as soon as they get it done. <laughs> All right, here we go. Next question comes in from a nameless person because I apparently forgot to copy the name. So All right. if you recognize your question... Thank you. Thank you for sending it in. <laughs> I recently picked up a live edge piece of cherry that is approximately six feet and splits into a Y at the end. Ooh. My goal was to do a waterfall edge with the Y being the legs. The other side would have waterfall. Oh, wait, hang on. Hang on. Uh, standard leg. While getting the piece. Okay. While getting the piece ready and examining the cracks in the Y, I started to think it might just be easier to square off the edges and just do a trapezoidal legs with the live edge. Do you guys ever hit a point outside of your comfort zone and how does it affect your planning with a piece? I think he meant to say he set a price. So basically, I guess he's saying, do you ever have a, uh, a, a method that you're expecting to use and then you get halfway through the project and you just switch gears? So like Mike, with your with your metal legs, did you yeah. think about trying to do it a different way or you just, oh, yeah. just I, I mean, onto a new project or I, tr- I mean, I tried about four different ways of like bending this metal and getting it all 
like symmetrical and not having this part bend when I'm bending this part. But so yeah, that's definitely like the go-to. If one method doesn't work, don't keep doing the same thing. Try and figure out what is going to work. Um, unfortunately, it was just one of those things. Like, if I had, I think it's called like a press break. If I had something that mm-hmm. I could just like get a good ninety degree bend, um, it would it would have been fine. But but yeah, um, I'm trying to think of like an experience where I went, you know, I stepped out and did something new and it, and it did work. Um, do you guys have mm-hmm. something in that area? I mean, I think with all of us, it, to a certain extent, almost every time we're doing something, there's probably some part of it that's out of your comfort zone. Right. Where, it, you know, maybe it's not like the whole project where it's like this huge pivotal piece but yeah. maybe it's just like one cut that you're like Ooh, i've never done this before but let's just try it and you know you hope you don't mess up and you don't ruin that piece there have definitely been a lot of those and you know usually even if it's something you haven't done before but you kind of have, have thought about it and thought about the best ways to do it it usually seems to work out for sure um yeah i mean Mike, I'm curious. I mean, this is kind of going away from the question, but <laughs> no, let's go. how were you bending the pieces of metal? Okay, so I had a couple different ideas. I started the the initial ideas. I've got a really big vise, so I got uh-huh. two pieces of like metal tubing, essentially. Yeah, stuck those in the vise, and I was going to use that as like a as a you know a place to like bend yeah. around. You're bend them around. Yeah. Um. It just it wasn't working. The vise wasn't. Did you heat? Were you heating the metal? Mm-hmm. So first, first plan was like heat the metal with one of those uh, like propane things that kind of handheld propane things to where it was red yep. and bend it. Uh, but I just I wasn't able to bend it without the the bars and the vise moving a little bit. So and, and yeah. I realized I could have made a quick jig where I welded those two pipes together to where they couldn't yeah. move and there was a split. But the whole idea behind this project was doing it without a welder. You know, if if yeah, I had a welder, yeah. I could have done a lot of. Could you things. angle grind it to to sort of weaken it so it bends? Ooh. Or you're not you're drawing a curved. You, you want a curved bend, right. not a. But then again, right I could I could put a few scores like along an like an inch section, and kind of like kinda yeah curf- that is yeah like curving exactly. How, how thick's like the the steel? Uh, three sixteenths. Yeah, I think also if you tried eight, it would be a big difference, and I think it would still be strong enough. Right, and that was – that's funny you say that because I went to the, the steel place, and I just kind of walked in, and I was like, hey, uh, I, I, I need some flat bar steel. He's like, all right, you want hot roll or cold roll? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I just kind of showed him <laughs> a picture of like I'm kind of trying to make this shape but out of metal, and he was like, oh, okay, yeah, you want, you want, uh, you want hot rolled. It'll, you know – it's more malleable. And I said, great. Yeah, that's definitely what I want. And then he was like, how thick do you want it to be? I said, uh, something like maybe an eighth of an inch. He's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. I was like, or three sixteenths. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> he, <laughs> like, was, like, he was like reading his You just keep going thicker. Yeah, he was just leading me into it. And so I was just like, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. So that's kind of funny you say that. My my intuition was spot on. Damn yeah, it. because the, the the fastening method that you're going to use is going to keep it from bending. Exactly. Once mm-hmm. it's in place, so uh, yeah. So I don't know. I think I am going to revisit the project at some point. I don't know. Uh, so then I tried a couple other things. Like I got a piece of like flat metal and put that on the edge of my workbench so I wasn't like destroying my workbench. And then tried to kind of like bend it that way, but it was a problem where I could get one or two bends in, but. I'm making the two legs out of the same piece of metal instead of like indivi- four individual legs. It's like two long sections uh, with mm. two legs a piece. Mm-hmm. And so I could get bends going one direction, but going the opposite direction, I couldn't get the legs. The legs were basically, after I made one leg, the other leg was in the way to where I couldn't bend the other one. So yeah, it was just a... Brutal. It was brutal. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. I feel like I've just having like everything, not everything, but it's just like, it seems like <laughs> yeah. with a lot of my projects over the past like month have had a lot of kinks. And I think it's just a product of trying a lot of new things. Um, so yeah, that's kind of to I be expected. I, you know, I haven't done a lot of like, all right, I'm going to make a project all out of wood with, you know, the same, same tools and the same techniques I normally use. I've been trying to I don't know. I don't know if it's for better or for worse. I've been trying to kind of like step outside of my comfort zone and try new materials and new techniques as much as I can. But I feel like maybe I should kind of maybe play my play my zone a little bit more. <laughs> I, th- I think it's a, it's a mixing, right? And again, yeah. that's that's something where you know you can do on a to do list. I was talking to, to to Jamie, and 
she made this list and it was like all these huge projects. And I'm like, well, why don't we alternate between big projects and little projects? That way when big projects are in glue ups, you can work on little projects and, and still have some space left over where if you're in, if you're halfway through two big projects at the same time, it's there's no room to walk <laughs> in the shop. Yeah. So it might be sort of staggering like that. Uh, That's true. You know, mixing in some, some wins. <laughs> I, I do that uh, with the. I knew that the the wardrobe project was a big project. Lots of heavy things to move around. Lots of cust- weird pieces that I need to order. A lot of things that I didn't know how exactly they were going to go in. So I scheduled a whole bunch of little projects around doing it because I know there's going to be pressure to you know keep putting out content, but I don't want to rush something that's big, and so. You know, I, I knocked out these, you know, a little two by 12 bench, uh, the little geometric concrete planners. Um, I can't remember. I think I did like three videos in three days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but it's like, a, oh, the little stump uh, stool thing where I, where I burned it. Burnt it um, so, you know, I'll, I'll schedule some easy little wins uh, <laughs> around like- the sort of the newer projects. Because, yeah, it, it, you can lose momentum if you if you if you cluster all these challenging intricate things that's true um yeah, yeah so I'll, I'll i'll sort of space that out and put the, those those you know those, those one day projects are, are kind of nice every once in a while <laughs> yeah for sure i know yeah. i haven't done one in a minute i need to <laughs> need to get a win for crying out loud no I'm just <laughs> but awesome yeah i think the the only thing i'll add to that because he does in the question he says how does it affect you when you're planning a piece? Ah. So I would just say when you're in, when you're in those planning stages, um, when you, okay. So if you do find, okay, I'm going to need to do this and it's out of my comfort zone, I would say, don't let that change your plans, but it doesn't hurt to come up with an al- an alternate way of doing it and then just have it be, okay, here's the first way I'm going to try it and you know give it a shot if it doesn't work you can always have that safety net of doing it a different way that you've come up with it maybe isn't as good but it's still workable yeah i would say do do if you're 3d modeling the design do a save as right if you're drawing the design on paper grab another sheet of paper paper. right and do iterations don't try to solve it that when you when you're designing and you find yourself stuck and what I mean by stuck is when you're holding your pen above the paper or you're just spinning the 3D model around and not adding pieces or making decisive clicks. That means you're stuck. So what you want to do is, is and, and the, most often the reason why you're stuck is because you're thinking of so many different things or you're not sure what to do. It's actually a decision-making problem, not a lack of creativity problem. So what I like to do in those situations is to do a save as. So one, I know I'm not going to lose ground or screw up the file, but then I just try to finish the design and then I finish another version of it. And I keep going back to the file where, you know, where I'd saved it at that sort of decisive point. And I keep doing version after version of a version. Then I print them all out and look at them and be like, okay, here's 10 different crappy versions. <laughs> Which one's the least crappy? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, do the same thing on paper is just finish the drawing, finish the sketch, say, because what you often do is that you, you, you guess and you don't show your work. You think, oh, I think the live edge isn't going to line up, and so I don't know how to do this, and should I do this or this? No, no, no. Draw it all the way through to conclusion. Then look at what's wrong with it. Then draw another one with the changes. Work out all the iterations rather than letting those iterations, those hypothetical iterations, swirl around in your head and just confuse you. Um, So, yeah, just show your work. Make a mess. Have a lot of pieces of paper, all with different versions of the designs, and then take the one that's like the least offensive. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's yeah good. i should put up a, a screenshot of like my um finder folder from the the folder that i created for all the iterations of my parents dining table i got like parents dining table parents dining table final parents dining table final one yeah. final two and then i'll do zero zero final final do zero Last zero final. final so that it shows up at the top of the yeah. list yeah <laughs> yeah that's funny that's how it always yeah. goes all right um i think we covered that one pretty yeah. well so you got a hypothetical for we, us this week yeah i was gonna say should we pop into hypotheticals Let's do it. i got one it's kind of stupid i'll, I'll say that was it could be a quick no one, i like it hey stupid That's ones what are i fun. was about to say those are usually so, the fun ones i was talking to some co-workers today and i don't know why this popped into my head but let's say that one out of every 10 times that you ate italian food 
you would find a hair in the food at some point. It could be yours, could be somebody else's, Ugh. you don't know. Would you give up Italian food or would you keep eating it? Oh, I don't care. Uh, and it's only one hair? Just, yeah, a hair, okay. one out of ten times. Because then it's just a thing where it's like, food. you know, you can, once you get it, you know you're done. You know what I mean? But if yeah, it's like a thing where it's like. You might even spot it in there. You right. might find it in your mouth. You don't know. <laughs> if it's like, you don't know how many there could be, it's like, you never know when it'll end. But once you find it, Wait, you're good. Wait, is all this well, spaghetti just hair? Well, not, not to be gross. I think it depends on the length of the hair and whether or not it's curly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? I us all that, say it's hair from someone's head. Okay. <laughs> I bet I you that this question you, goes pretty yeah, evenly down the gender line. I bet you it's like every girl. So they were all girls that I was talking to. None of them would do it. Really? And I bet you pretty much every guy would be like, yeah, I would still eat Italian food. Yeah, I would eat it for sure. I haven't eaten Italian food in a long time because it seems like every Italian food is either like a pasta or bread mixed with like yeah. some kind of sauce or meat. So yeah, yeah I, I'm more of a back it. on get back onto the horse kind of person. Like, uh, oh yeah, for sure. You know, like in, in college, if, like if you have a bad Jägermeister experiment, experiment, don't be like one of those people. Like, oh, I can never dr- if I smell it. <laughs> I don't I throw drink Jäger anymore. No, yeah. you, you gotta you gotta work through it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Life lessons. It's all about having discipline, people. <laughs> and Jägermeister probably equally gross to a hair in your pasta. Yeah, Jägermeister <laughs> is not delicious. I'm sorry to anybody that gets offended by that, but. Uh, Chris, you would eat. You would eat it. Uh, yeah, I'd still, I'd yeah. still go for it. In it. fact, there's this one Mexican food place that my wife and I used to eat a, <laughs> a lot. I, I will not name it. And then she found a hair in her burrito one time, and we have not had that place in like 12 years. That's and I'll still bring it up every time we're trying to decide what to eat. I'll still, still bring it up. Still better than Applebee's. Oh, let's go there. She's like, nope. That's oh yeah, funny. take a hair burrito over Applebee's any yeah. day. I thought you were about to say like there was the Mexican place we used to go to. You said Mexican, right? Yeah, Mexican. Okay, cool. There's a Mexican place we used to go to all the time, and we would always <laughs> find hair in our food, but it was so good. It was so worth it. <laughs> it was delicious, spicy yeah. hair. <laughs> That's funny. No, awesome. it was just well, the one you guys, time. Uh, you guys watching and or obsessed with anything? Ooh. I watched a season premiere of Game of Thrones. That was pretty good. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I Ooh. watched Game of Thrones last night. It was a you good one. I've I don't never, want to spoil it for anybody. You though. know, I've never watched Game of Thrones. I've seen Ooh, like a couple episodes, like odds and ends, when other like I'm around other people watching it, but uh-huh. never, never like from episode one, never got into it. It's, are you generally interested in that kind of, eh. you know, Lord of the Rings type stuff? Lord of the Rings is dope, but I don't know. Go. I feel like I'm so far. It's like eight seasons in. I feel like I got so much work to catch up. I don't know. If yeah, it's worth it. yeah. For for shows <laughs> like that, like uh, I I normally need like a sick day to sort of get hooked or like a long travel yeah. day where I download like a whole first season and then, then I'm, I sort of get, get invested. Into it. Um, but I just like it cause it makes it, you know, it makes me feel like the little cuts and stuff on my feet aren't, aren't that bad <laughs> and yeah. in retrospect or in comparison to the battle scars. Yeah. Now, people getting right? their heads caved in with axes and stuff. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that was cool. I, I watched that. That was good. And yeah, other than that, just been, uh, Oh, I know I've been, uh, uh, spending more time on Pinterest, um, sort of going through, uh, sort of organizing my Pinterest boards, looking at a lot of designs. Um, again, it was sort of a byproduct of, of you know having a new employee and sort of you know scheduling out and uh, uh, projects for her to do. Um, but uh, yeah, Pinterest is is an excellent resource. There's just so much cool stuff that's been done. Um, it's not always the best informational resource, meaning that there isn't like an explanation behind every interesting image about how they did it and what tools they used and what the material is. Um, Sometimes that's a good thing, though. Yeah. It kind of leaves it all open for interpretation. Yeah, but uh, yeah, check out my Pinterest. I think it's just, you know, my name, Ben Ueda, on on Pinterest. And uh, yeah, I actually have, like, Pinterest is, like, one of my bigger followings. I think I got, like, 70,000 or something. Yeah, we, we do massive impressions on, on Pinterest. It's, it's, it's a pretty awesome publishing tool, too. Yeah. Cool, cool. Chris, other than Game of Thrones? <laughs> no, I'm Pinterest kidding. If you want to go with it, you no, just go with it. No, it's yeah. fine. I, <laughs> um, oof, not, I actually kind of started watching Fargo based off of Ben's recommendation oh, nice. the other week. And I, I just, I had some friends who watch it and they all told me that season two was better and yeah. that they're kind of independent from each other. So I just jumped in on season two. So I'm only like two episodes in so far, but so far so good. Yeah. And it's funny, there's like so many famous people in it uh, 
and my wife and I, we both at first we thought the blonde guy was Matt Damon, but that he just like gained weight or something. We're like, is that Matt Damon? He seems like too big of a star for yeah. this. Yeah, it's, it's and to be method acted gaining weight for it. Too. It's good stuff. Right. It's a good show. <laughs> okay, um, I'm gonna give a quick shout out to Crafted Podcast. I was on there oh. last week, uh, last Thursday's episode. I had a little oh, cool. guest spot. I got to talk about a little bit of my origin story and then a little bit of strategery on YouTube. So go check that out. Um, also, Man, you and Johnny are just like starting another podcast. On You've been podcasting know, with him as out. much as you do with us now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, I, I've been actually meaning to bring that up to you guys. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> cut. Um, but no, in, st- in, in terms of watching, uh, there's a guy on YouTube. His name is Mike Boyd. He has a series called Learn Quick, where he just learns how to do things. And then he times himself, like, on how long it takes him to learn them. So, yeah. just, like, like an episode on, like, how long it took to learn how to ride a unicycle or spin a basketball oh, wow. or do muscle-ups or all kinds of random stuff like that. He basically just, like, starts a timer anytime he starts to learn something or anytime he's practicing learning something. And, uh, and yeah, it's kind of cool, kind of inspiring if you're looking Wait, for how, how long inspirational did, How long did it take video. him to learn how to do a muscle-up? What's a muscle-up? Good question. Okay, so muscle-ups, like, you see them in, like, CrossFit types. It's, like, where you do a pull-up, but then instead Ooh. of stopping, you go all the way and, like, pull yourself up to, like, your waist. It's like a dip and a uh, yeah. pull-up kind of combined. Um, Seems like that would question. have a lot to do with, like, what kind of shape you're into going into it, right? Yeah. I remember watching the video. He learned it over the course of, like, three months, I think. It was... Because okay. he went from being able to do, like, a few pull-ups to to doing it. So it wasn't like oh, wow. he was already in like super like athletic or strong shape. But I remember he learned it over the course of a few months. So Yeah, I was but that was with like a, a 30 minutes of practice a day or something like that. Yeah, so. I was at like uh one of my friends was was hosting this kind of like uh it's like he, they're really into like acrobatics and like that kind of acro yoga stuff. Yeah. And they sort of uh, and like all that movement kind of stuff which is sort of cool but you know whatever uh yeah and so I, uh, uh one of my other friends saying oh you should come you should come it's really fun to hang out in like this park and they're sort of like it's like kind of like fitness and i was like all right all right so i went there and then i was like because I, I don't like going to those things especially with like like a like a, a bunch of dudes i don't know that well because i feel like it just kind of gets competitive and then it's like yeah you know then you gotta step your game up and, <laughs> right. and show them um <laughs> So of course, like the first thing, they're like, "Oh, we're 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 doing these series of movements on on." They had rings hanging from a tree, like you know, sort of rings. And they're like, "Oh, oh okay. uh, can you do a muscle up?" And I'm like, oh, uh, "I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna try." <laughs> uh, and I've never really Give like me three months. I'm, I don't think I've ever tried to do one. Like I've done like like it's just never occurred to me to do one. Like right. until I've seen them recently as in because like CrossFit videos yeah. have become so popular. But I, I still haven't tried. I was like, "Oh, like, maybe." So then there's, like, I'm trying to do it for the first time with, like, people watching. I was not saying and you're doing like, it in front of people. <laughs> and it's, like, cold. I'm, like, I'm like well, I got to try it before I, like, work out, before yeah. I do chin-ups or anything else, because you want to have all that exactly. explosiveness. So it's, like, uh, I'm, like, well, let me just try it. So I try it, and, like, I probably almost ripped my shoulder. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, awkward. Like, my left arm was kind of, like, a flailing chicken wing out to the side. Yeah. And I just like was like, it was kind of like that scene in uh, old school oh. where Vince Vaughn is just like dying, but like hanging on to it. And, like my shoulder's still a little bit sore, uh, but I got but it. But you did it and on then, rings. I have to imagine that's way tougher than doing it on a bar. I think it might be easier. I don't know because you're free I, to like it on swing and move. You can move your arms a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You have more Maybe. range of motions to kind of tuck your arms. Okay. Um, so I was able to do it on rings. I don't have a chin-up bar in my house that's like has enough headroom above it oh yeah to try it um but that's actually one of the things i want to try uh cool. is i want to set up a bar on my roof deck to see if i can do one well one on the bar well it took mike boyd uh, i looked up in the video 93 days uh oh, wow. and 30 it, over that course it was 31 hours of training so there you go mike boyd learn quick on youtube go yeah. check it out it's it's inspirational yeah it sounds cool <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thank you guys um for listening thank you guys for subscribing and tuning in week after week sticking with us we appreciate it 
Thanks for all the cool feedback and reviews. Like I said, if you want a sticker, go do all that nonsense, and I will ship you one. Uh, thanks again. Leave a topic suggestion in a review if you want. That always is fun. We love to kind of work in ideas from you guys. So, yeah. You guys got anything to add? Nothing. Don't leave power shears on the floor. Good tip. <laughs> Solid tip. If you learned anything from this episode, it's not to leave your power shears in your living room floor. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see. Pause note. They're really sharp, and they cut feet well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see you guys on Saturday with the weekend show. Bye, everybody. Later. Bye. There it is. <laughs> Wait for that button. <laughs> Perfect.